The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. You know, Mr. Coffee, I probably owe you again an apology. For what now? <laughs> I watched you last night, uh, and I was impressed. I was very impressed about your knowledge, your delivery, your timing, your sense of humor, everything. You might have made an okay mayor. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what. I'd like to go out and thank all the people that didn't vote for me. Because if I had to sit in the chamber, I'd blow my brains out. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. Five, five hours. You know, five hours of listening to that. that okay. Were you involved with this last night because you're a downtown business owner or because you are chairman of the convention center, the BOS board? I, I was involved because I'm chairman of the BOS board. Never, you know, didn't even have time to get into the downtown business. But I was there representing the SMEA board who voted 11-0 unanimously. And we, at three different meetings, we've talked about it. We've talked about it over email and things like that. And we were just fundamentally against it. Um, why? Why? What did you folks from the convention center board not like about their proposal? Well, the first thing is we have about 22 conventions a year that take up the two major hotels and the convention center. So let's just start right there. So now you're talking about, you know, these conventions are booked till 2028, 2029. We just had the Illinois Principals Association, phenomenal convention. So they spend money, they come here, that, you know, produces great sales tax revenue. Now we're having a hard time getting them signed up because of uh, what's going on with the hotel. And a lot of them, we just, just talk to us and say, you know, what's going to happen? We need more rooms. They want to be together. That is our biggest selling point in downtown Springfield compared to Peoria, Bloomington, and Champaign. We've got the most hotel rooms closest, you know, in right next to the convention. And that's our biggest selling point. It's a, so for us to do it, to get, a, get away from that, it would just be detrimental to the city. Uh, you know, we're doing the legacy point. We're doing the intermodal transportation. All of these things were designed to bring people to Springfield, to bring tourism to Springfield. So now they're going to come here and not have the hotel space. And then one of the things one of the aldermen said last night, have everybody get uh, you know an Uber and they can get a taxi. Have you ever tried to get a taxi in this town? You can't get one. I've got a gentleman, uh, Jim, comes every Wednesday and Friday, waits 45 minutes. Now, can you imagine if 500 people called for a taxi in this town? It's just we don't have we don't have the infrastructure for that. This is a town that wants to be right where they're going to go. This isn't Chicago where people are going to walk to work. You know, do you know why people walk to work in Chicago? That was because it costs seventy five dollars to park your car, not because they want to walk. You know, you think in the middle of February somebody's going to walk to Memorial Hospital from that uh, hotel? No, they're not going to. You know, so so much of this stuff is out of touch. You know, uh, the gentleman last night brings a survey i'm sure he spent twenty thousand dollars on it well guess what nobody pays for a survey that doesn't say what they want everybody knows that independent uh he, he gets up there he the, his his proposal says a certain square footage on it and he says well no but that's not right because it's going to be bigger the size of those hotel rooms or the size of those apartments everyone everyone was talking about if you and o'day 
where in your if you rented one of those apartments, you know, they were there, and I came over with all blind. One of us would have to stand in the hallway. <laughs> I mean, you know, three three hundred twenty nine square foot. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, let's face it, you got to have a king size bed because you wouldn't be able to fit on a smaller one, right? So you know, how how much room can there be? You know, I, it's just it's just not right for Springfield. It, everyone on the board knows it. Everyone at the Sangman Growth Alliance knows it. Uh, it's just not the right fit for Springfield. Not that we don't want residents downtown. That's that's not what we're saying. It's just not the right spot. It's right next to you know. You've got Lincoln's home. You've got Lincoln's museum. That's a tourist zone. And if we're going to progress and make more money for the city and grow the downtown, it's through tourism. It's not going to be through residential housing. If you get enough tourism, you get enough stuff down there, people then will want to matriculate downtown, and maybe you'll have, uh, you, you know, downtown housing. But we really need to focus on tourism, and that's that's basically what our board thought. Chuck Redpath, why your position on it? Where did it start? And um, you you knew you were lobbying uh, you and Ralph Hanauer uh, and Jim. Dow- I don't want to say uh, you know everybody came on board, but uh, some people changed their mind. Well, it, everybody's hearing about it. You know, the most important business people in this town are against this thing. Uh, the the Sangamon Growth Alliance is the prime example. The, the, those are the people that have major investments in this city, and they said we can't do this. Uh, uh, our, even our own staff is telling us this is not the right thing to do. You know, I heard what you said about Scott Dahl uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you something. We that is a he is a jewel. Oh my god, that guy absolutely knows the business. He's come in there and turned that whole thing around, yep. and they're out there trying to get sixty percent occupancy in these in these rooms. I'm telling you that you give him enough time, he's going to get it done. And they're against it, but he can't he can't come up there and talk against his boss. No, the, because he'll fire him. And and bottom line is is that he's the best thing that ever happened to this thing. You know when you got th- you got th- two hundred thirty eight of these rooms are going to be three hundred seventy five square feet. And what Mike was telling you about, he's not kidding. Three people get in there. I asked the guy last night. I said. Um, how many people are going to be allowed to stay in these rooms if you get them done? He goes, well, uh, up to two. So you're going to put two people in that room, and they're going to live in, the, in in these rooms. Uh, we had 10 kids in my family, and we had one bathroom. That was pretty darn tough. You're going to have two people getting ready to go to work in the morning, sitting in a room that's only 375 square feet, which is this office where we're in right now is bigger than rooms. So bottom lines are that this is bad for Springfield. You're going to bring low-income housing into downtown Springfield. It's going to be like Cabrini Greens in Chicago. That's what it would have turned out to be. And the bottom line is, is that we can't afford to lose our tourism industry, which is the, the number one industry in Springfield. And, and Mike hit it right on the head. He's, it, we, the guy across the street at the Abraham Lincoln ran into the same situation, went in there, bought the hotel, spent the money to upgrade the uh, hotel rooms, and now they get a, the highest rating. If this guy would have came in here instead of uh, it, with the fluff of building, look, I, I, I think the, the coffee shop down the uh, Starbucks is a wonderful thing. But if you take that money and invest it in the, uh, the, the rooms and make them better, your people are going to stay there. People were complaining every time they came here that how terrible these rooms were. It doesn't take much to clean up a room and make it a little bit better. And they just didn't want to make that investment. He, he, you know, the mayor said the guy admitted he's a bottom feeder. He comes in here and buys out a buys out a hotel um, uh, that went into bankruptcy. Coming in here, he's going to try to flip it and make as much money as he can. And then he's going back to San Antonio. I mean, we don't. Mike hit it on the head when he said the the people that came here from San Antonio and New York don't understand the market in Springfield, and that's what this is all about. This is a different market. Did you have any aldermen contact you, yeah, Mike? I, um, yes. You know, I've talked to several of them. Did you feel any of them 
uh, coerced. Oh, well, you're talking, you know, let's just cut to the chase. That's what drove me crazy about the meeting. Why didn't everybody just say, you mean there's Joe McMiniman? I talked to Joe McMiniman twice. And actually, we're pretty, pretty nice, pretty nice conversation. I was taken aback by his demeanor, <clears throat> excuse me, last night. And Joe tells you, and he, he gives you the doom and gloom, and then if this goes bad, you know whose fault it is, Sam? It's mine. It's my fault. It's it's not the guy from uh, Texas. It's not the guy from New York. It's not the city council who gave the guy a million five, you know, unsecured, I, or the mayor. It, it's, it's my fault, and it's the Growth Alliance fault. You know, it's just totally out of line and totally out of touch with the questioning. You know, number one, they made a mistake of engaging me in the project. Okay, they started to try and convince me of the project, and said, "Yeah, we don't, we don't like it." You know, and then they talk to them again, and, and they'd give you the new, but it, they would only change just a little bit, and then they never really, you never really got the truth out of them. You know, the, the original thing was going to be a Marriott uh, residence. Well, a Marriott flag is way different. Then, did anybody check the nuances of the conversation last night? Uh, Mr. Mitchell, you know, he, he was a little vague on anything he was supposed to know, but if you were an alderman, you just said something, just look, no, 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 no. That's all. Oh, but he was an expert on what everybody else was saying, but not what on he was, on what he was saying. He even admitted in the meeting, well, you know, I'm working on the Wyndham thing. I don't have it yet. You know, so what everybody thinks was what might happen is that as soon as you give him that zoning, you can't take it back, and then you're in a mess, and then the power is in his court. And now the power is with the city council and the mayor, and that's where it should be. So, Chuck, but again, the argument last night was, one of the arguments, all we're voting on is the zoning. We're not giving them one nickel yet. We're just voting on the zoning. See, and that's the, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the smoke and mirrors that they put out there. Because, you know, you know he, he, he wouldn't admit that he's going to have to come back to, to us for extra funds and extra money, which means he wants to get TIF money. He wants to have an enterprise zone. He wants to have the PACE money. And believe me, we're talking several millions of dollars that the city's going to be on the hook for. We cannot, we cannot put together a project unless we know all the answers. Ralph Hanauer uh, and Jim Donovan drilled him on it, said, tell us what this is going to cost. Well, I don't know. Well, believe me, it, the guy comes from New York, and he doesn't have any idea what, his, what, the, what kind of project he's got, that he's got how much money he's going to need. That's all a bunch of malarkey. Uh, the speakers last night, I was uh, I'm surprised. I don't know. I've had an opinion. But Teresa Haley, head of the NAACP, uh, a state president, adamantly opposed said we need hotel rooms in springfield and she was adamantly opposed to the she, idea she absolutely said that she wants to bring the NAACP conference National there, convention. and she needs the rooms she was i was very surprised that, that she stood up so bottom line is i'm very happy that she did that also we had mike walton from with the with the um, legion american legion who they it took us a long time to bring those conferences here and the and the principal's conference is one of the premier conferences that we have we will lose those conferences if we don't have the right, the right, the right the rooms. The All right, guys, when we come back, I'm going to take a little break because i got to talk to some people, but then people will say, okay, what's next? What are we going to do with the hotel? What if he, in fact, turns it all into subsidized housing, as they said he can do? You guys address that in a minute there. That's one of the, quote, threats out there right now. Uh, Alderman Chuck Redpath, the, the buyer who bought this property that owns it now. Did he just make a bad investment, and now does he want the city to bail him out? Well, you know, that's what that's what Mike Coffey said about the people that come here don't understand our market. This guy came in. He probably does this for a living, comes in and buys these things out of, uh, in, out of receivership, 
and then thinks he's going to take it, make some money on it, flip the thing, and make a bunch of money. That's the way they do this kind of thing. Bottom line is, is that he underestimated the city. He doesn't understand the city. And uh, that was the biggest point that Mike made is that, you know, our whole business in downtown Springfield is tourism. If we don't have the tourism, it's going to fall. We're going to lose millions of dollars in revenues if they turn this thing into a low-income housing unit. And now, you know, he has an opportunity to make it Section 8. So that's where we're going to go. You want to make it high-end apartment buildings, and now we're going to jump into a Section 8. You know, the mayor knows this. He should have. The way that it was handled was wrong. Trying to bully us into uh, going along this idea that it's going to be great for downtown Springfield is the wrong way to do it because we're constantly in touch with the leaders of this city, with the Sangamon Growth Alliance, with all the professionals that tell us that's not the way we've got to do this. We've got to do it a different way. And that's the direction we should be going. If this guy was smart, he would be coming back to us and say, tell me how I can make this work. How can we make this he's got 200 uh, apartments already that he can use for apartments right and and so he's, he's well can can he though chuck that, that's what people want to know well number one did the who owns who owns the parking ramp okay that's that's I something didn't get that, a straight answer yeah, out of no, so no so we don't know who owns the parking ramp so i thought you know the parking ramp was loaned or given to them to the hotel. To the hotel. Owned by the uh, city. Owned by the city. And given the whole, some, that's the first thing we need to find out. Because if it's not, okay, we're going to take the parking back. So, you know, you if the mayor, if that becomes Section 8 housing, the mayor made it Section 8 housing. Uh, he can prevent that from happening. And and I hope that he, w- he would prevent that from happening. And that's the bottom line. I asked the guy three times, who owns the parking ramp? He goes, I do. And I said to the corporate counsel, he owns it? Are you paying property taxes on it? Because if you own a piece of property in the city of Springfield, you got to pay. He goes, well, it's not the, quite that s- simple. It's uh, We have an agreement that he owns it. Well, you either do or you don't. Who owns it? So we couldn't get a straight answer out of him. Uh, obviously, it's there's uh, some legal things tied up about uh, the antennas that are on top of the roof that we had. we made a purchase of about that we had to put the antennas on the roof, and we gave them some kind of concessions for the parking so to pay for that. Uh, you know what? Uh, Bob G. told me there's a one-time one uh, purchase of $700,000, and that's what we were supposed to work off. Well, the bottom line is, is now that's in their hands. So we don't have any idea, and we can't get a straight answer out of our corporation counsel or the, or the developer who really owns it. Guy made a bad investment, Mike. You said uh, there are people, you deal with a lot of people come down from Chicago, and they're amazed at buildings. Do they think everything's like Chicago, price-wise? Yeah, and and you know what? And to bring that up, Joe McMenamin said something that I didn't get a chance to respond to. He said, well, I hope you and your friends, whatever that meant, whoever my friends are, you know, where were you four years ago? And I'll go, I'm going to tell you exactly where we were. We were sitting there with a computer four years ago watching the auction on that building, actually thinking about, there was a group of thinking about how we could buy that. But the guy overpaid. It went right through the roof, uh, eight, nine million dollars. And no one, the local developers that I know that are very good, very successful all across the country, to be honest with you, um, thought it was too much, you know, with the amount of investment. So uh, I, I, I think it's like Chuck said, they're from out of town, you know, I, I, and that's what, that's what was disheartening. And when I said, you know, when you look at the Sangamon Growth Alliance, Bonomatic, Troxel Insurance, Hanson Engineers, Springfield Electric, LRS, INB, Memorial Hospital, St. John's, these are the group that sent the letter. So I, I just can't believe a guy like Joe McMenamin would 
take the word of a developer from New York and a developer from Texas over what the local businesses want. And, and, and I, I was just, I was really shocked by that. You know, and, oh, I hope, you know, does Joe not know that, you know, I have a business in downtown and, you know, I care more about downtown than Al Rajabi and Mr. Mitchell do out in New York. I, I just, uh, the whole thing was, you know, thank goodness I, I all of the older men and women that voted for it. Right? But I, I really do have to thank Lakeisha because, you know, she, she turned her vote um, and she represents the district. I think it was a hard vote for her, but I'll tell you what, she did a lot of work. She, she met with me, and she didn't tell me how to feel. She asked me, you know, well, what do you think about this, Mike? And then she would come back, and she'd say, well, what if they did this? You know, could this work? And, all that. and you know, people would talk about it. They'd talk about it. You know, she, she didn't tell me or tell everybody else what needed to be there and how it needed to be done. She asked. I think she consulted. She consulted with a lot of the other older people and all that. And uh, I, I, I just, you know, I have to thank her for doing that because I, it really was a big vote. But they all did a great job. Yeah, you know, obviously Chuck and Ralph do a great job all the time. Kristen DeCenso asked great questions. Aaron Conley asked great questions. Jim Donlin asked great questions. I, I you know, so they, all, all six, all six of them did a phenomenal job. But I have to thank Lakeisha for changing her vote. I remember watching Jim Donlin last night, and he finally just had enough. Yep. he just had enough. He says. They're avoiding questions. I'm not getting answers. What's going on? And he says, I'm done. And he just sat back in his chair. He really did. And, and Jim's sharp guy. He's, he's very analytical. And he, guy. Absolutely. He, he is He's one of the sharpest guys we have on no there. No doubt. We look to him for a lot of advice, especially about the Roberts Rules of Order stuff. He teaches that stuff. And we know that they violate it a lot. The mayor does it. I mean, we, we don't follow rules. If, it do, if they don't like it, they go around it. It's ridiculous. Jim Don's very analytical about that stuff. But you got to, and I heard somebody say something about Republican Democrat. That's a bunch of malarkey. I'm going to tell you something. This whole coalition was made up of Democrats and Republicans. You can't m make a political decision on the city council. This is about common sense and what's best for the city of Springfield. This project being tur turned into low income housing would it be a disaster for downtown Springfield, and it was a wrong thing to do, and we made the right votes last night. All right, what happens, Mike Coffee, with this property? We don't know what the owner's going to do. He has the right to make it a Section 8. He has the right to try to improve it. He'll maybe continue to try to find another developer. Of the case. What happens to the property? What if he decides to close the door and said, we're done, we walk away, Springfield, congratulations, You've got a huge hotel uh, that goes 30 stories in the air that is now closed. What do we do? Well, it, it, it's not an easy decision. There's By no means is there an easy decision. One, I'd like to figure out, does the owner have a lot of money or not have a lot of money? Because that gets confused at those council meetings, too. One minute, the guy's going broke. He can't do it. That's why the city has to come in and bail him out, right? We heard that. And then at the end of the meeting, you hear... I'm telling you, he's got a lot of money. He's not going to close it because he's got plenty of money. That's not going to happen. So that was another part of this whole mystery that was confusing to everyone. Uh, well, I can't tell you what's going to happen, but let me tell you what what happened to the other hotels. You know, okay, the ones that went, that went under, they went into receivership. Too much money's involved. Too big a project to just leave vacant. It costs too. It costs them more money to leave it vacant. So a bank's going to take. There's probably no so Springfield it, Bank involved that we no, think no, so. but, but I'm just going by what's happened. Right. Okay. To the other, to the other two times, both hotels, it's happened. 
it goes into receivership. The banks come in. They bring in a management company to run it, and then they'll, you know, they'll take the loss or whatever they're going to take, and they'll find another uh, another operator to to buy it. You know, but it's going to be at the right price. This guy spent eight million dollars, and I'm guessing that he's selling it for fifteen. And the only reason I come up with that is, and, and I don't have any knowledge of what he paid, but they keep saying they're going to spend forty million, and you know, then it's twenty million. So basically, it seems like. By reading the articles of the paper, it's like he's selling it for the Mr. Mitchell's buying it for fifteen million and going to spend another twenty five million. So it's just everything's so vague, I can't tell you. But I think it's not the government's responsibility to bail out an individual. You know, it's just not. You know, I COVID was hard on everybody. So if I go to the city council tomorrow and say Saputo's isn't going to make it, we've been here since nineteen forty eight. Are they going to bail me out? You know, because I'd you know I'd like about ten fifteen million, and then you know. You know, so they just can't do it. You know, they they thought they were going to come in here and they think we're a little slow down here and they're going to do some fast talking. They're going to give you this paper proposal that they gave the older men and women. What you know? Did you get it thirty minutes before the meeting? Absolutely. And then then they contradict what it says in there. I, I mean, the whole thing just stunk. Uh, the people that voted against it did the right thing. I am not telling you at all that it, this the next going forward is going to be easy. But what I said is, the convention center wants to be part of the solution. I hope the city wants to be part of the solution. I hope the county wants to be part of the solution. I hope the Growth Alliance wants to be part of the solution and get to and get together, and then we'll have to solve the problem together. But we can solve the problem, and it's better if we have a bigger, brighter future going forward with a bigger, better project that the community wants, not something that we're just left with. Chuck, let me check. I mean, we've got about a minute. Uh, after the five-minute timeout last night, and I'll tell you, I – checked out on the tv you guys uh, talked about uh, the poplar street addition uh, bring me an update what's going on the poplar street area is uh, in up for redevelopment it's going to be a 30 million dollar project it's going to be a combination of union labor and non-union labor and there's it's an opportunity for job uh, creation for the east side which is a great deal the city council is 100 percent behind this last night we delayed it again which we got criticized for because they said oh you always delay everything on the east side that's a bunch of malarkey Bottom line is we delayed it because we have nothing in front of us to tell us what it's going to be. We asked for a developer's agreement, and the developer's agreement was not brought. And now we've asked, told them, look, you need to bring us back a developer's agreement, and then we will pass this thing. 100% uh, 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 support. So I think it's going to be a great project, and uh, we're going to get through that. Very good. Mike Coffey, thanks as always for coming in. Chuck Redpath, thank you, gentlemen. I know there are people with different opinions, but you've expressed your opinion very well. Uh Employment situation, Mike Coffey. No, you're not looking for work. Uh, has it gotten any better at either of your locations? No, we're, or we're, we're, no we're still looking. We're, we're looking. You know, we need. I, I think the older aldermen should quit and just become a bus person. They're going to make a lot more money per hour. That's I'll make more money. That's I'll, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you drink for free if you guys come and bus. That's, still, bus. Yeah, that's yeah. still more than I'm making now. Yeah, that's what he said last night. Oh. He said whatever you're paying them, they should get a lot more oh. after sitting through this torture. Holy, man. Holy moly. And yeah. the amazing thing is everybody knew what the vote was going to be. Yeah. Everybody knew, but we went through the three and a half hours of people stating their case. Well, to be honest with you, you never know until they push Well, that's true. No, but that's, <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, guys, as always, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Sam. Right. I appreciate, appreciate you. It. Good to see you guys. Right. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.